welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Tornado Tag Radio here on NOTLG.com episode 202. We're going to be talking about AEW's Double or Nothing 205 Live NXT and uh, and we're going to take some questions and we got some news and I'm realizing as I started recording that I don't have a tag team so my name is John and joining me as she does every time we record a podcast is the Angelico to my Jack Evans Marianne hello oh thank god I'm Angelico my name means angelic in Spanish. I know. I've, I've, I've heard <laughs> that. And uh, that's actually not all this week. Uh, joining us on the podcast uh, is the co-host of Strong Style Story, our good friend Chris. Chris, hello. Hello there. Good to be back. It's yeah. been quite some time since we've done this as a, a trio's unit. Yeah. Let's try not to screw this one up. I know. Well, maybe you could have picked we... a trio. You could have picked a King of Trios trio. Well, there's John. only one King of Trios trio, and I believe it is Petey Williams. Oh, I could have done that, I guess. It's you what is it? Petey Williams, Jordan us. Grace, and and Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. Goodness <sighs> me. I'm just saying this right here and now. Whatever the over is on how quick Scott Steiner curses in the Shikara ring, oh. I'll take the under. Yes, it's going to be the easiest money I make oh, all that man. weekend. That's that's going to be a whole thing. Oh, boy. Poor Quack. I know. I, I wonder just, you know how Quackenbush has been like working his way around in WWE? Yeah. I think my favorite Quackenbush story is the one where uh, back like years ago, Ricochet was doing a match for Shikara and he did a Quacken driver in his match. And he came backstage afterwards and <laughs> Quackenbush was backstage just screaming and he saw me went fuck you trevor and he's just cussing him out and screaming at him because he stole his move my and god. i'm like well look at him now he stole the quacken driver and now he's on raw my god what a time <laughs> so fuck you, trevor we all watched a aw double or nothing yeah yes yes i mean some of us were there and by some of us i mean me um, i i will like to call it um so my story with Double or Nothing is that I was at Fanime this weekend. Oh, yes. Um, I, thank God, had a hotel room that we all, we booked the hotel room with all wrestling fans. Good stuff. Um, and me and Jaren had been talking, like, a week or so before how we just wanted to just be absolute fucking pigs this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, we should just get a, like, 100-piece chicken McNugget thing and just not leave the hotel room that day. Which was not going to work because I had a cosplay to do that day. Right. But basically, he postmated McDonald's. Nice. Um, and we had what we called double or nuggets. Nice. <laughs> quick, quick addendum to that. That was the day that you wore your boat on, right? Yes, it was. Perfect. I watched really all of Double or Nothing dressed as Botan. I cried over best friends dressed as Botan almost leaked my contacts out of my eyes, but oh, it doesn't matter because God. we made a pyramid of the 10 piece chicken nugget boxes and called it double or nuggets. My God. <laughs> it was a good time. Very reminiscent of the Luxor hotel in Las Vegas. A nice <laughs> little pyramid. So, um, uh, 
boy. Uh, it took me a while to get to uh, uh, Las Vegas. I went with my friend Birdo. It was a lot of fun. Um, man, the vibe. L- let me tell you guys, we we collectively have all been to a lot of wrestling shows, and I think for the most part, they're pretty positive vibes. Uh, yeah. This was like tenfold. It was awesome. Everyone was just super friendly, having a good time. Um, I feel like wrestling really does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for it, the most part, yeah, yeah, for the most part, absolutely. It was, um, man, the the merch line. Let me tell you, some people uh, missed. I'd say they missed both the six man tag to open and the fatal four way just by waiting in line for merch. When I got there, the line was out the door, and then when I became a stereotype that I didn't want to be, we'll get to that in a, in a minute here. Um, <laughs> I checked the line and it was still just as long and they were like completely out of merchandise at the end of the night. It was insane, but um, that's great. I did watch your, that hashtag show thing. So I am a little bit familiar with where you're going. So you know where I'm going with that. Um, Yes, I do. So um, what did you guys, did did you guys watch the pre-show as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I missed it. I was at, con but jaron did have it streaming on his phone um so i did catch bits of it but mostly i did not because i kept getting pulled aside to take pictures because my co- my cosplay was banging can confirm the the bangingness of your cosplay <laughs> um chris what do you think of this format for a battle royal i think this is is this a aew original concept I- I think the concept may have probably been used somewhere else under a different name entirely, but I guess it was somewhat of a use of the whole Vegas card casino Royale thing. I think it de- it was a little bit odd to get used to at first, but, and then there's the fact that there's normally two jokers in a deck and they only had the one. So that was kind <laughs> of a minor technicality there, but I think the biggest thing that, they kind of had to work around was obviously the fact that they had to cancel uh, Hangman versus Pac for things that have already been discussed way beyond the internet, and I'm not getting into that topic of conversation. Yeah, please here. don't do that. No, not at all. Um, that's that said, I can see why they had to make sense of like, okay, we're gonna have to name one of the two people that are gonna fight for our world title through this. I guess, yes. yeah. Tune into the pre-show, everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, obviously the winner to this wasn't wasn't booked until uh i'd say the week before maybe a little before that yeah. mm-hmm. so what do you think who do you think was going to win it originally and would that have affected who um won in the main event do you think i don't it- think it would have affected the main event on the basis that some way, somehow, I think Jericho knew this Okada match that he's got going for him at Dominion in another week and a half here uh, was going to be on deck sooner or later, and that they kind of needed to keep him at least somewhat strong towards that. And I think with Omega 2, he's good for, hey, we'll do a rubber match eventually down the line since we're both working for the same company. Right. Kind of, too. So I don't think... I think that decision got made quite some time ago on it. It's just the battle royal had to be affected by it. And it makes me wonder who they would have gone with, whether it would have been Janela or Havoc or even Luchasaurus, to be honest, since he was like one of the final three left. Yeah. Then again, it could have been a MJF just for 
shits and giggles. Yes. Um, MJF, the best heel in the business right now. My goodness. Honest to God. He's just doing some great stuff. Um, I think the... um, uh, I think the the suits here, it, it's a little. I think it kind of takes away from some of the people, but I get it. You know, you they all get some sort of an entrant, but it's not like like a Royal Rumble type. Yeah, that that, that was the part that felt weird. Oh, it's a battle royale, except we're coming in turns. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually Rumble. not a fan of battle royales. They're usually giant clusterfucks of just a bunch of people I don't care about, which is usually what they use. It's like, mm. let's book this wrestler nobody cares about and just throw him into a battle royale kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he kind of stole that entire thing. Yes. Oh, well, that's that's kind of his gimmick. It really his is. accidental gimmick is just stealing the show by doing nothing or as little as he possibly can. Yeah, the crowd uh really helped him along too. It was they sold his offense like crazy. It was very interesting. It's, it's good because they know that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. I'm uh, so happy for him. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty great. Um Adam Page as we said ends up winning and he will get a future AEW World Championship match um which I think did they all say out, it's yeah, all they, out? I believe is where they're saying it's yeah, going to happen. So all out. So there you go. Um, next up, we had um, another pre-show match. Uh, Kip Saban taking on Sammy Guevara. Um, I thought this match was all right. I don't really. It just kind of was a kind of spot festy. Um, but I've never seen Kip Saban wrestle before, so I was just t- least... looked like two little rich shits wrestling. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Kip gets the win. I thought it was it was an all right match. Uh, what say you guys? I didn't get to see it. Well, Chris, what do you say? <laughs> uh, thought, yeah, around the same thought. It was a decent singles match for the pre-show where there was some sort of beef built up during the weigh-in between the two that caused the match to happen to begin with. And once again, Sebi Guevara is like that. And I'm pretty sure Marianne has made a variation of this joke multiple times here, but it bears repeating that he definitely does look like a U-17 football player out of, say, Arsenal or something that gets transferred over to Borussia Dortmund for the entirety of a transfer and hates every second of it. That is the most niche sentence of all time the only person that would fucking get that is like me and maybe dominic pretty much that is and it's totally true it's the my father will hear about this gimmick is what he has that's completely (laughs) unintentional the draco malfoy of professional wrestling basically actually that was tjp when he was in 205 live yes but this but sammy guevara definitely is like oh my god i can't it was like he's like the type of guy that was like she didn't break up with me. It was mutual or I broke up with her kind of thing. There you go. Nobody dumps me. I could go on and on with the, those jokes. But Kip <laughs> like, Sabian is kind of the same thing. It's like my dad gave me a Ferrari instead of a Maserati. <laughs> well, the, my neighbor has a Maserati. Oh. And I can't believe it. Their house is like a dump. Wow. And he has a Maserati. Shoot year once again. <laughs> <laughs> when has it stopped? It, never, it, it like... never stops. It goes all year. <laughs> it's shoot, it, 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 it shoot year every year, John. Yes. Come on. Yeah. What, what do you think? Like, is Kip? Kip? How do you think he got that? He got that gig. How? Well, other than the fact that he's dating Penelope Ford, but it, really? Yeah. So that, oh, so that's her new man's? Huh. 
Well, now we know. Yep. Uh, okay. Leave so- it to me to say the stuff that does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> Moving okay. on. Uh, okay. We are uh, main show now. We had uh, SCU, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky taking on Frankie the- Kazarian looking like fucking Evil Knievel. Yeah, yes. Well, I mean, the Young Bucks looking like Evil Knievel la- no, later No, they on. looked. They looked like super like Dave? Elvis. R.I.P. Oh, yes, because they did look like Elvis. That's they true. they had, like, the fat Elvis gig going on, yep. but he looked like Evil Knievel. Oh, man, remember in TNA the flying Elvises? Yep, and uh, and the ironic part of that is that the flying Elvises, first TNA show ever, they pop up. First AEW show, Young Bucks, with their <laughs> Elvis gimmicks, pop up. <laughs> Sometimes art imitates life. Yes, or, there you go. What, or is it the other way around? I don't know. It could be both. Why not both, honestly? <laughs> Uh, uh, so SCU taking on the Strong Hearts, Seema, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann, I believe yes. is how you pronounce mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, this match was a lot so of fun. Good. I was a little disappointed that nobody did, uh, Seema's, uh, boom with him. Yeah. Nobody did it. Did you? I did. You? Yeah. you did, at least you did. Yeah. Yeah, nobody did it. Nobody caught on. Let him know that you did, though. I will. I'll let him know. Uh, this <laughs> match was, was fun. But yeah, the Strong Hearts guys are fantastic throughout. It was kind of interesting from listening on a commentary perspective how JR was very much confused. Excalibur kind of had to guide him. By okay, the- JR very show. much confused just this once. No, throughout the entire show. <laughs> yeah. Then okay. no, that's to my point. Excalibur kind of guided him. <laughs> Excalibur definitely guided him by the hand and made something out of it. So kudos to Excalibur. Yeah, He's so... The best. So yes, absolutely. Um, so I have only I rewatched um, Cody Dustin, which we'll get to, and I rewatched um, the end of the Best Friends and Helico uh, Jack Evans match, and uh, obviously the end of the night. Um, but that's all the commentary I heard, and I have heard oh my God. I've heard very mixed things to where um, my co-host on the um hashtag show stream mm-hmm. he was like jr needs to stop immediately he just needs to go and he also didn't like um marvez marvez that was his first time calling any sort of live wrestling action from what i heard so i could understand oh, why he, he was he, so amateurish no, on it but. Well, he could have done worse first yeah, of all definitely. but then it's also really hard when you're in a presence like jr and you're sitting next to someone who is very clearly floundering yeah he was awful yeah like he looked like he was falling asleep not only the well then again and also the camera angle was just not good it was that like an angle where it's like all of they all look like they're looking down yeah and you can see them all holding the, the the scripts and it was it was just like ridiculous. Obviously, Excalibur just carried them because he's used to doing commentary by himself. And when you're yeah. doing commentary with Jr. during that show, it was basically like you were doing commentary by yourself mm-hmm. because he was awful. Yeah. But <laughs> like it was it was so bad. Like yeah. oh my god. Yeah, here's what here's what I I'm thought saying. that he was falling asleep, like genuinely falling asleep. I think it might have just been as I mentioned Jr.'s age palsies whatever it might be situation wise i would say that at the very least jr started off pretty terrible kind of got slightly less terrible as the night went on mainly because i mean Excalibur seemed to click at least a little bit enough to where they got they got their we got they got their uh gears kind of going yeah it was new for them Mm -hmm. definitely uh 
But I would say just in the regard of commentary-wise, it could have been a much more terrible first time going into it, but it could have been much better as well. And I get... It didn't, it didn't by any means ruin the pay-per-view at yeah, all. Thankfully at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But still. The, um, yeah. What did you say? The strong hearts? Strong yes. hearts. I, I feel like they should have Care Bear gimmicks. No. No. Yes. <laughs> Of that. All right, who would who would T Hawk be then? Would he be like Grumpy Bear or something? Oh, <laughs> he chops like a fucking Grumpy yes, Bear. Yes, he does. Uh, I thought this this match was was a good opener. Um, all these guys work pretty well together. It was great to see um, the crowd react to the Strong Hearts, except for you know they didn't play along with the with, with the Seema's thing. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I feel I but... feel like everyone that was there that had been to a PWG show before did. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I mean, I definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'll throw some shade at that. If any of these people have been to a PWG show and they didn't know who the Super Smash Brothers were, shame on you. Yeah. yeah. Fuck mm-hmm. you guys. Uh, we'll get to that. I, we'll get to it. I even fucking knew from a distance. I went, that's Evil Uno and his brother who barely speaks English. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. That's his um, name. Yes. Uh, I didn't even, I knew immediately who it was. He didn't even have to turn around to show his butt or anything. I knew immediately who it was. Quick quick thing as well that I want to just touch on before we move on to the next match. I do want to say that I want to give commentary props on the opener, on the fact that they actually outright put out over the fact that SCU targeted Linda Men for the eventual pinfall victory because they knew he was the least experienced of the three. Oh, nice. That was, I'm like... That's yeah. a really good touch. Do more of that. Yeah. 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 It was it was the the commentary was very um strategy focused as opposed to like shallow focused. Which sports, is what we're so yeah. used to. You yeah. know Sport, what I mean? Yeah, sports approach is yeah. kind of the best way of putting it, to be honest. So yeah. Yeah. All right, next match. So uh, as I said, and I'll just say it again here because I'm fine with outing myself. Um, so the the six-man tag, as soon as the three count happened, I was up out of my seat because uh, old John had a headache and he needed some, some sort of sugar in his body. Uh, so I immediately went into the line to get um, a Coke and... I missed, and by missed, I wasn't in the cr- I wasn't in the crowd. <sighs> I missed the entire fatal four way women's match. You are a stereotype and a half. I, right I was so upset. Like as soon as I saw uh, Kylie Ray came, come out, I went, "Oh man!" Did you see her plank? I did. Yes. I mean, I saw adorable and hilarious. I saw the match, and I heard her pop, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I also saw her almost cry when her pyros went off, <laughs> yeah. which was very adorable. There was, there was a lot of almost crying or crying on on people's behalf. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kylie is too wholesome for this world. Protect her at all costs. <laughs> yes. Although Jaren, Jaren was mad because she did do the the face shelf thing that he's been doing for years. Oh, and he was like, "Bitch stole my gimmick," and I was like, "Well, <laughs> well, I mean, you don't listen it's... to our podcast, so you could fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely and he won't know that we said that because he doesn't I know um, so uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD taking on Nyla Rose Kylie Ray, and um, from what we thought would would have been Brandy Rhodes but we got our first shocker of the evening as um, Awesome Kong made her return to wrestling Let me... red herring to say the least 
me tell you, she looked fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Definitely. She looked gorgeous. Yeah. Um, this was so good. I was, like, beaming. This was um, a great surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, that you missed. Uh, yeah, but, I, I mean, I did see it <laughs> on the monitor. John did go back and watch it at least, so yeah. good on him for that. Yeah, I mean, I was watching it the entire time I was in in line, um, and I was hating every minute of it, especially when the cashier's register um, broke three times. Uh, so it was it was a very painful. That's rough, buddy. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, this it's match... not their fault though. You didn't get mad at them, did you? Oh, I okay. So I did the thing where you get mad for like three minutes because it didn't happen to me and then i was like all right it's not their fault it's fine okay bless your heart yeah i was gonna say i, I cannot retail. get mad at I know people like that it I sucks so um from what i saw this match was very good um i really enjoyed um i haven't really seen a lot of kylie ray to be honest uh but i liked what i saw um she took a wicked fucking super kick from Britt baker towards the yeah. end there Holy hell. Yes. Britt Baker? Don't you mean Dr. Britt Baker? I'm not going to say the whole thing every time. No. Yeah. You should. No. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, yeah, for me in particular, with Kylie, the first time that I saw her in person, uh, that I saw her all together wrestling, was the uh, independent wrestling show at Mania Weekend. Because oh, being yeah. there audience-wise and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, she's adorable. I like her. Yeah. Good oh, things happen for her. She's like a better Bailey. Woo! I like Bailey, but... It's understandable why people would think that <laughs> because because Bailey takes like a way too innocent approach, and now looking looking back at the whole podcast, the Talk Is Jericho episode, it makes sense as to why her character went that direction. Otherwise, okay. I feel like if she had more say over it, she would be more like Kylie. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Without leading back into, without opening that can of worms that is that Talk of Jericho episode. I mean, we yeah. we'll touch on it at some. Yeah, point. that's why I didn't want to bring it up yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, any other thoughts on this match? I think it was a surprise that it turned into a four way, but I think it definitely lent itself on the fact that you had uh, somebody else for Nyla to kind of square up against on the strength. Yes. perspective rather than just tossing the other two around you had a nice little tower of doom spot near the end there yeah uh i thought baker was actually the right choice for the win there just because they are definitely looking to center the, at least the vision at least at first seemingly around her which is a good first choice yes even I... if she uses one too many adam cole finishers to my i was life. gonna say <laughs> even if she hates adam cole <laughs> i'm sure hey, he's a adam nice a man Adam Cole as a person is actually really cool. Yeah, uh, I've heard good things about him. But one of my one of my best friends over in Delaware actually trained alongside him at first when he was still basically starting in CCW back in like the mid two thousands. Uh, my say God, seven oh eight. Yeah, wow. right around that time when it was still like super baby face Adam Cole, like then his face looked like a baby, not <laughs> actual. He had the baby filter on him from Snapchat. Oh Pretty my God. much. Wow. That's like, crazy. Like we're talking like full fledged, like clean shaven, youngish shit. Oh my God. <laughs> like Future Shock? Yes. That yeah, that was basically nice. Just before Future Shock basically became a thing tag wise and yeah. stuff. So awesome. 
Um, all right, let's move on because I know Marianne wants to talk about this match real bad. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> so next up, we had Angelico and Jack Evans taking on the best friends, Los the... Guedos del Cielo, or <laughs> the Heavenly Blondes. I guess is the best. Oh the yes. Spanish translation of it because they're blondes. Yes, I guess. that's not true. Angelico, you are not a blonde. <laughs> he's not, but he's definitely painted his hair enough. Oh, time he is obviously angelic looking. Though he's fucking beautiful. He's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> All right, so oh. I, I think this this uh, part of the program we need to talk about these entrance videos. Um, oh God. <laughs> I, okay, so I thought, uh, for the most part, I, I just, as a general statement, I thought all of the entrance videos were simple, except for this one. <laughs> we'll get to it. They were simple, and they, you know, they didn't try to do too much, and I thought all of the original music was pretty good. It ranged from not very good, Dustin Rhodes, to very, very good. Um, I liked Kenny Omega's song a lot. Um, it was a lot better live, by the way, and I think he's going to put it up tomorrow. Um, but yeah, what did you guys think of the, I guess, uh, the entrance songs and the <laughs> videos? Because we need a to talk about the best friends. A few were bangers, but I would definitely, if I'm looking at just in the in-house video audio production, like that's something I think they definitely need to have stepped up considerably by the time that All Out comes along just because i feel like they will be so much better yeah it was still like a testing thing um for me my my biggest thing with um double or nothing was just i was so emotional at the beginning of every match that i wasn't taking in information in a in a critical way yeah Mm -hmm. if that makes sense right but i will say with the best friends thing and i had tweeted this earlier that entire entrance video is a gigantic inside joke that oh, yeah. only people who know best friends and are like 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 pretty solid fans of them would understand the content of that video. Yeah. And that being said, I don't think it should ever change. I think it should stay no. like that. It's, per- it's perfect because it perfectly exactly describes it them in a way. Yes. Aliens, ghosts, dogs people holding hands that's literally yep. all you need to understand about them other than beers and dongs mm-hmm. i don't know Poppin if they can dogs, put one talking of those hogs i don't know if they can put one of those things up on a screen dude fucking <laughs> <laughs> i never noticed that greg's gear is straight up just dicks right on the front yeah is it Until- really it's and I don't think it's I don't think it's out, outright supposed to be that but that's basically what it is Oh boy! All right, so let's uh, let's let's talk about this match here. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was great to see Angelico and Jack Evans live and just wrestling, not in Lucha Underground. Um, yeah. And I thought uh, Chuck and Trent looked great in this match. Where's the button? Oh, you just made the list. Thank there you. Dustin just screaming, nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Yeah, yes. that was fantastic because Excalibur lost his fucking mind on commentary because he's, he's, as well. Yeah, because you know he was so proud of him because he's always sitting uh-huh. next to him all the yep. time. Just stupid shit. I was, okay, they, those two came out exactly how I thought they would. And I was crying. <laughs> my my friend Brian, who made my Dustin and Greg gear, spoiler alert, if anybody didn't know that already, I cosplayed as Dustin this weekend. Um, I was crying and he took a picture of me and I was fully just like lost it in my Botan outfit because I was so 
Im- like I'm so emotionally invested in those two idiots. It's not even funny. I'm so proud of them. But then I was also really happy to see Angelico because he's a babe. There's you my just made the list. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he always looks like a BMX biker. He oh really yeah, does. absolutely. He he definitely has rocked that full look even more so once he moved out to friggin' Spain. I think is where he's at, based at nowadays. Yeah, uh, I'll say this from just kind of an objective standpoint. I think for some of us who have seen these sort of like super fast paced kind of balls to the wall tag matches in a PWG setting, for us it's like yeah, this is perfectly comfortable stuff we're at home with it we love it but i definitely have seen the match get a lot of vitriol as well from just like people that i guess don't enjoy this particular style which i get i get it you know you can't really please everybody involved right. but for me specifically i thought it was fine it was a nice foray into sort of what we would see a little bit later on the tag team perspective stuff yeah i mean um just if you look at the card, there's already four really solid tag teams in AEW. And then the lights went out uh, after the match, and they came back on. And uh, who should rejoin uh, us in America but Evil Uno, and I believe he's going by Stu Grayson now? Yes, I believe so. Um, I was sitting next to two Canadians, and they lost their mind, and that made it even better. Did they um, lose their minds politely? <laughs> of course. Nice. Um, they were. What's great. up, Dan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, they started. You know, all the the lights go out, the minions come out, and they're just you know hitting moves on guys. And I'll tell you, the the who are you chance didn't happen till a little later in the segment, which was confusing to me because. I can guarantee in our next match, they didn't know, and I, I don't know who, I didn't know who half of the ladies in the next match were, but they mm-hmm. didn't, they were not as rude to, they weren't rude to any other people other than the yeah, Super Smash Bros. That was, yeah, that was rude as shit, Las Vegas. Shame on you guys for that shit. I was very upset about that, um, because, you, and I think I tweeted out, uh, a who are you chant from the people who wanted an alternative yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which is just like you're not going to know who everyone is. You wanted the alternative. We're going to find the best of the best and then you can figure out who they are through their matches and through, you know, being the elite where I'm very sure the Young Bucks have mentioned Super Smash Brothers more than once. So, educate yourself, Marks. Um, yeah, they literally fought Super Smash Bros like as they were uh, leaving Ring of Honor last year in the War of the Worlds Toronto show, I want to say, yeah, they had a tag match against them in that particular portion of the tour, so it shouldn't be like that unfamiliar. But like, I get if you don't know exactly who it is, but for a situation like this one where you're looking for an alternative of stuff, that's not exactly the best way to kind of show what kind of a crowd you are towards. Yes, you know. That wrestling was... fans are fickle sometimes, man, yes. and like not in a good sometimes. way. Sometimes, most of the time. <laughs> and directly. also, this was the only time that happened. Besides that, I thought the crowd was really, especially the next match. Holy moly! This crowd went. Yes. I don't know if it transferred uh, on the on the stream, but this crowd was red hot for this six woman tag team match. I was so happy. Now, Chris, uh, yes. I'm I'm not good with the pronunciations. I think we know this. 
So if you no want, worries. and also no. if you want to go through and tell us uh, the home promotions, if you can, that would be great. Yeah, I think for the most part, I should have that uh, portion here put together. I kind of grabbed a couple of things here and there in terms of the stuff. So six women tag match, uh, basically uh, all six women from uh, Japan and jo- uh, Joshi related stuff. So you had one team in which was Hikaru Shida, who is. Uh, her I don't didn't know as much about, but apparently she's done a ton of stuff on her end of things. Has wrestled in Japan for quite a few years at this point. Is involved in like a super crazy like stunt theater like uh, performance art kind of thing called Makai, which looked really cool from the looks of it as well. And she seems to be kind of the net, the other big feature of the women's division that they seem to be prepping up since she's officially signed full-time with them. So it's uh, her, Hikaru Shida. Uh, you, had, uh, Rio, uh, you had Riho, who is from Gotta Move Pro Wrestling, which is based in Bangkok, Thailand, but uh, basically talent from all over the place in Asia there. Uh, Riho holds uh, uh, their top title, which I think is the Super Asia Championship. I'm not as familiar with Gato Move. This was kind of my first introduction to them mm. as well, but it was super cool in the fact that you've got this different representation from a bunch of different Joshi companies. You can definitely tell this is Kenny's baby more than anything. Yes. Uh, in a good way. Uh, so yeah, it was... Excuse me. Uh, it was Kikara Shida, Riho, and Ryo Mizunami uh, on one side, and then you had the team of Aja Kong, absolute legend yes absolute unit to this day uh emmy sakura who is the owner of gotta move pro wrestling and the one who trained um hikaru shida and quite a few other uh other joshis that are currently active but i know they mentioned specifically shida was one of her uh trainees and then you had yuka sakazaki who i'm the most familiar with out of Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, which I watch a good amount of now because I have a DDT Universe subscription and Tokyo Joshi partners with DDT, so we get all their shows on top of it as well. So, And Yuka Sakazaki is just the most adorable magical girl <laughs> ever. Agreed. I love her. There was a <laughs> bunch of magical girl shirts just like for something completely different at Fanime, and I kept laughing at them every time I saw them. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, I absolutely loved this match. It was um, exciting to see Aja Kong in person. Um, and, I mean, all of these ladies just killed it. The crowd was into it um, from the comedy spots to everything else. They mm-hmm. were super, super up on this. And Also, yeah. as a quick note, Riho's only 21 years old, and she's already well, like, fuck this her. good. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean... They don't uh for um Yukia they don't they don't even have a a na- uh, an age she doesn't even have an age listed it on uh it's she's just still she, a glint in the milk she was just eye. born in December twenty seventh and that's it yeah it's <laughs> it's one of those interesting things just in terms of kind of the variations of all of these particular uh girls and just. It really, you would think that this kind of an eclectic combination between them, especially when they're not based on units and such, uh, that it might be a little bit clunky and awkward in certain segments. But no, they managed to do things really well. I think the only downside that I would argue is that we didn't see as much of Hikaru Shida in the match. But on another hand, it makes sense since she signed full-time that they're going to probably use more 
the next couple of events, including like the TV show eventually in the fall, to really start yeah. presenting her, which is a big thing. Um, popped hard for the candlestick versus trash can yes. uh, fight. Uh, Aja nearly killing Riho altogether with that backdrop <laughs> driver yeah. was like, I popped out of my seat. Uh, that. I thought she was dead. Uh, literally. Yes. <laughs> Poor girl. Uh. Um, that said, though, shame on that timekeeper. For the one goof, up, oh, the one massive goof, up, you know, goof up in I, the entire show. I will say, yes, that sucked, and it didn't like the crowd. Besides getting on him, was not taken out of the match, even though it, yeah. you know it only lasted about, I think, maybe forty-five seconds after that fact. Mm. But I mean, crowd was not out of it at all. Thoroughly enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun, and I hope we get uh, more of them coming back for all out or fighter fest or just in general going yeah forward. definitely uh, and again this definitely feels like it's kenny omega's baby altogether this particular junction of the women's division and yeah what are they kind of mix up with the other women that are going to be uh within AEW, or whether it becomes its own thing kind of like the cruiserweights were in wcw way back when yeah that's a way to see but a lot of what this reminds me of and maybe you might be familiar on this ref- reference wise john and youtube area uh, this reminded me a lot of what ecw did with barely illegal on their very first show when they did that michinoku pro six oh tag. like yeah. it definitely had a lot of those vibes in terms of just bringing in these six different talents that you wouldn't see really in north america regularly available and then just letting them have an absolute banger it's still my favorite match of the night to be honest even going back and rewatching it a couple of days ago so oh man i man yeah that that uh six man tag from barely legal good yeah. stuff good stuff oh. and again uh another note just because i want to gush about her some more yuka sakazaki's keeping her at actual entrance music the best oh yeah that <laughs> the music was amazing best. it was so good i i absolutely loved it and uh, now uh, we're, we're moving on to the main events here. Um, I guess a triple bill, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, ah. nice. Uh, up next, we had the Battle of the Brothers, the American Nightmare taking on the Natural, Cody taking on Dustin Rhodes. Um, this match was very good. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say it was amazing. Because I, I think I'm in that that wet blanket camp where I absolutely thought this match was great, but it's not in my, you know, it's not in my top ten, top five. So you think people are clouded by their emotions for the match? No, I don't think so. I, th- I, I think some people are looking at it through, like, they were so emotional because of the story behind the match and everything that they were kind of glossing over maybe the technicalities i mean this... i'm not emotionally invested oh i, I wasn't jaron <laughs> who straight up cried at the end of that match oh yeah i did too no no yeah for sure and when i watched it back again today yeah i cried again um mainly because i had to hide under the covers at some points because just dustin hitting the mat and then oh just like, the fountain? It, like yeah it was squirting out to the beat of his heart yeah i was getting was horrifying te- i was getting dms because i you know, I couldn't see it, and one of my uh, one of my friends was like, "Dude, it's pouring out of his head." It pouring he, he was an understatement. Yeah. It was squirting. Uh, he was definitely he definitely hit the Muda scale, and he hit it. Hard oh yes, he squirting. did. 
My God. Um, yeah, I, we call it like Cody was a straight up blood perv. <laughs> I, I do have a couple things to say here in particular, just because yeah. like it, like you guys mentioned, like in terms of the match itself, definitely felt arguably this may be, be- Cody's best match ever. And yeah. I don't think much of Cody Rhodes as a pro wrestler to begin with. So high marks for him. Uh, they told the story that they wanted to tell for many years and stuff like that. But I do want to touch on the one elephant that is in the room and just Cody Rhodes letting kind of one of his worst habits get really just the whole thing with the throne and just kind of how cheesy it was and just the little dumb after effects of just one little hammer swing (laughs) on top of it too. Like I get that you're petty and shady about the fact that your dad probably loved Triple H and the NXT kids more than he loved you. And Triple H called your company a pissant company. Yeah, that too. Uh, but at some point or another, like you just have to let it go. Yeah. But I think the theatrics also kind of went along with the fact that he was dressed like fucking Alucard from Castlemania. With, Castlevania. Yeah, with Richter Bellman's collars on top of that, which I thought right? was interesting. Which was, yeah, really interesting. <laughs> that was a very strange character blend. But still, the blood perf thing made total sense. But, th- but then again, it's one of those things for me where it's just like, yeah, just a little bit less of that. Like, I get that you look like a great value geese Howard from the Fatal Fury King of Fighters series. But <laughs> oh my things. god, that reference! Yeah. A lot of shade being thrown at the beginning here um, of, this, of this match. Um, I thought it was more funny than anything else. I was just like, wow. I think the the emotions, like, afterwards, I can understand why people would think that. But in the moment, it was very, like, you were very, like, fuck you to the WWE because it it, it was going so swimmingly. It played to the crowd, which was the biggest part of it. And And it worked. Yeah. That's definitely, I think, the biggest takeaway from that is that it worked with the crowd. And the moment at hand is just... It's overly petty at this point. Eventually, yeah. you got to let it go and just focus on your own shit. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, as soon as I realized what that was, I did do an eye roll. <laughs> and when I was it, I was like, oh boy, are we doing this? Um, they, I, yeah, they got to focus on AEW. They got to stop focusing on, on WWE. Because that didn't work for Impact or WCW. Um Anyway, uh, I thought this match was was a lot of fun. It was very bloody, and I thought this was where the commentary I think was great. Yeah, I think shown. after this match, it went panned back to the commentators table, and there was just silence for a good yeah. two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was like one one thousand, two one thousand. Like none of them knew what to say. Yeah, and Excalibur. <laughs> pulling up his hood and wiping away tears yeah you could um, totally tell us what he was doing i was it, like look at you are you wearing your k-swiss right now uh-huh. yeah like this, an asshole worth k-swiss so i mean uh, marion i'm not sure if you you understand the um why that and the the end yeah it promo. was a dusty promo yeah it was a dusty promo to dustin originally um which is one of my favorite promos and I actually Oh boy, Oof. I can't watch yeah. it anymore. I I watched it with Lauren because I needed her to understand uh, why the I was so upset yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. So I watched it. We watched them back to back, and I was just a mess. Um, yeah, understandably so. So I mean, 
Uh, this match was insane. I will say right now, that is the best-looking botched superplex I've ever seen in my entire life. For uh, sure. Would it even be botched then? It w- it w- it was very scary in the arena, but as soon as it as soon as they landed, I went only Dustin Rhodes would have the wherewithal while bleeding everywhere yeah, to definitely. hold on to that top rope and straighten himself out. It was great. Um I am super pumped for I'm so excited and happy for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was Cuz he still got it. Oh yes. yeah, absolutely. He never lost he never it. Never lost it. I know, and then they acted like he did. Yeah, but I mean, I think this is the match of the night for me. Um, yeah, that's a fair contender for match of the night for sure. And I mean, obviously, up next we had the Young Bucks uh, defending the AAA World Tag Team Titles against the Lucha Brothers. Okay, I got I got something to oh, say. Oh boy, here we go. Um. So at this point, <laughs> we're still eating nuggets. Um. I fell asleep. Of course you did. (laughs) I straight up was like on the hotel bed next to Brian and Brian is eating fucking nuggets and like crying at the same time going 37 as he's eating them. (laughs) And I was like, I am so tired right now. And I straight up had like a food coma moment. And I fell asleep with my wig on and everything. (laughs) All right. So I slept through that match and I said, what a match to sleep through because I fucking hate the Lucha Bros. Yes. uh, That's why I am not surprised at all. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I I, Chris, what did you think of this match? I, I didn't think it was as good as when we saw them in, uh, what was a night three of, 2016 when they went up against each other for the PWG tag yeah. titles. thought it was just, I thought the match itself was good, but the problem, I think that's a problem with Young Bucks matches every so often is that you run into way too many false finishes. Yes. Where it's just like, okay, just go home already and get on. But it guys like for fuck's sakes, you made your point like five <laughs> minutes ago. I will say that I, I thoroughly enjoyed the storytelling of, Matt and Nick not wrestling, and I think they said it on commentary, which is yeah, they they did they definitely put over the fact that they were sort of rusty as hell and had to kind of use the match to get themselves back into it. Yeah, now did I think they also said something that the la- uh since the last time the Young Bucks wrestled a match, the Lucha Bros have wrestled like sixty times or something like that. Yeah, some something along those lines as both like team stuff as well as separately because they've definitely done their arena mexico bits and yeah, pieces but, well throughout the year so the thing is being brothers actual brothers is different so they it's are? not like it's not like what? they're pairing their because you're saying that like the lucha bros like had more time mm-hmm. basically but the Young Bucks are actually brothers. They've had the, like a lifetime Pen, of time Pen, together. Penta Pen, Pen and Phoenix actually are brothers. Yeah they're brothers. Fuck them. <laughs> wow. What a what a rebuttal. Marianne, <laughs> sit this one out, okay? <laughs> just sit it out. It's fine. Just you, take a nap. He, we'll wake you up in like five no, minutes. No, I'm yeah. just mad because they, they think that they can just blow off fucking like appearances. Like it's not going to hurt somebody's feelings. That's just a no-show. So you're just sad that they didn't come to a show you were at? No, I'm pissed off <laughs> because no. I think that's rude. That I agree. People- 
It's so fucking rude, and they don't deserve people's respect or love or anything. I think that's wow. fucking awful and disrespectful, and fuck them. All right. So oh. I really enjoyed in this match when I believe it was Nick Jackson did that twisting uh, brain buster on Ray Phoenix onto oh God, the top yeah. turnbuckle. The, the, they de- they definitely shouted at a lot of their past opponents. On yes. that, that one, the El Generico brain buster, the um, stomp assisted uh, package pile driver, yes, and not the Steen Owens. So yeah, you definitely had bits and pieces there. The Motor City Machine Guns bit was my favorite though. That Shirinui power bomb combo was oh. legitimately like yes, a dope fit, like a dope tag team yeah. finisher. So it's yeah. I miss Motor City Machine Guns. I miss yeah. them. So so do I. So I will say, I mean, in the beginning of the match, obviously Young Bucks uh, not on the same page, but I did love the as the match went along, they would hit a tandem move and they'd be like, there you go. See, there you go. It, I absolutely loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, this match was a lot of fun and the Young Bucks retained. I honestly, surprisingly... To me, at least, I'm not. I'm not as surprised in the fact that I think that when they want uh, Penta and Phoenix to get those back, they want to do a probably somewhere up in Mexico, probably right. Mania or something like that, or one of like their big events like Ray the Reyes. I'm not as familiar with AAA in terms oh. of what their big shows are, but I figured that's probably when they would want that match to be like a key match of their card. I know so what show it's going to be. They're they're running MSG right. Oh, yeah, right. There is that. There we go. That is coming up. I kept forgetting about that. I I also forget about that. But there you go. I think that's uh, where that'll happen. All right, let's talk about this main event. Uh, The winner facing Adam Page um, at All Out for the AEW World Championship, which we should probably talk about at some point. But we're already here, so let's talk about Chris Jericho taking on Kenny Omega. I was surprised at how I didn't think it would have been as good as their Wrestle Kingdom match. Yeah, but it got cl- but it got close. Even though they were kind of restricted to just your standard rules and practices for the most part. Yes. For- Can we just talk about the entrances? Yes. Yeah, the entrances we- were pretty fantastic. Fucking lit. Yes, I abs- um, I absolutely I- loved the Jericho one. I thought that yeah, was the- a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, in regards of Kenny Omega's entrance, just as a quick addendum to get get it out of the way, the moment I realized he was wearing a coat from a character named Kirito from Sword Art Online, that's the oh moment I immediately that's turned totally on. Twenty fifteen, and I turned on Kenny Omega immediately. I'm like, "Fuck boy, f- fuck boy, Kirito. Nope, we're going ten percent <laughs> of no, the way." No, yes, everybody. Okay, so I'm at Fanime when this shit fucking airs, right? Yep. No. Bad. Bad. That is no bad. Kenny Omega. Sword Art Online is so like ten years ago. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not just that. The fact that it's a decade old. It's the fact that it's just bad. Outside of the soundtrack, it's it's basically isn't it the same? It's like the same thing as Dot Hack. Yeah, it's, it? ba- it's basically a doc. It, it's basically a dot hack ripoff. Ironically enough, the same person did the soundtrack on both of those series. <laughs> That's that person's fault. I've, but so, I wanted. I just hold on. I want to. I want to talk about anime. I watched four episodes of Sword Art Online. All right, continue. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. Like Oof, ten years rough, ago, buddy. and then I never continued it. You there should you watch. You should watch Castlevania. Um, All right, maybe I don't know in German. It's amazing oh, in German. God. It's better in German than in English. All right. Um, but 
My thing is I really wanted because Jericho was going through like the phases of Jericho and I straight up was like, dude, if we get if we get like top ponytail Jericho, I'll lose my fucking shit. I was sad we didn't. Or wait a minute, yeah. we got we got Lionheart and then yeah, we, we got, got Lionheart, the list. We had the fancy uh light up coat. Now what you guys this didn't is the most important one. What you guys didn't see with the light up coat, because I watched the entrances back. Mm-hmm. is I don't know if they were like, this is too similar and we don't want to get sued. Uh, they didn't show the Trons, which had the actual, like, spinning Jericho font. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. So they did So they did do the Trons. They just couldn't show it because, well, getting sued. Yeah, but they did show the Lionheart one. Yeah, they did. and that makes sense because with the Lionheart one, you could do just something that was close enough to the colors. Yeah. Of, the tights and the like. So yeah, I could see how that one they could get away with, but the other ones, the other ones. So no. Much. Yeah. So they did have Trons for both of those. And yeah, I really loved that entrance. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was totally dope, but yeah, mm-hmm. Kirito fuck off. Kenny Omega. No. <laughs> pick, pick, pick a more fresh anime. Oof. Pick better protagonists. There you go. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, this, I don't think this match, uh, it comes out dressed as use K. meshy. That would be fine. <laughs> I have a, no idea fine. what you guys are talking about. And, and let's face it, Marianne, if he was going to do anyone from Yu Yu Hakusho, it would it be would Kuwabara. Because cool, okay. <laughs> <laughs> of his hair? Yep. Fuck uh, you. Not, not just that, but there's just the overall like brash, over-the-top over comic expressions or a Kuwabara trait. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You, we both know that Kenny Omega's favorite Yu Yu Hakusho character is Kuwabara. Let's let's be My real God. here. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I don't think this match was uh, was as good as their Wrestle Kingdom match. I did, like you said, I did actually kind of enjoy that they didn't, that this was like Chris Jericho's first match where he didn't, it wasn't like a no DQ. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I, in a while, so. yeah. and I, I wonder if he, he is practicing for his match with Okada unless they change that last minute, which mm-hmm. I hope they don't, um, but yeah. Uh, I I enjoyed this match. I man, okay. Uh, did he, Kenny kick the table into Jericho while he was holding it, and it was facing the wrong way, so it didn't I like break. Believe, yeah. I I think just they were trying to recreate oh. that spot from the uh, Wrestle Kingdom match where you know Kenny managed to get like a good enough stomp to where the table definitely got the dents on I it. I know it just happened. didn't succeed. Yeah, time, he so. he did a he did a dive to the outside onto Jericho who was holding the table but he was holding it so the metal was facing Omega. Yeah. That was brutal. Mhm. Ugh. Ugh. Um what do you think of this Judas effect finish? I think um the- I am I'm a denier of the Judas effect. <laughs> The biggest thing for me is that I would have liked it much better if it served as a setup into the code breaker, just given how a transition one of those, move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just as a way of dazing the guy in question before Jericho just pops him up with the code breaker, especially when somebody like Kenny who can sell it as like death the way that he does yes. every time. I think it was like the men's version of the women's right. Mm-hmm. Oof. And, and to and to me, <laughs> the, the worst bit about it is that. Like we've seen Andrade pop off such a much better version of this move for yeah. quite some time now yeah. to where we see this is kind of like, wow, this is the great brand version of this. 
This yeah. Is, yeah, it was it was very um the only way it was sort of salvaged was in the fact that Kenny legit shoot broke his nose and then yes. sold it accordingly. Oh. So Yeah, it was that that move was um I am a Judas effect denier. Uh fair. Completely. I was like this this I was like this move set happened in opposite of how it should have happened. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But still, that's not even the most important part. No, it is not the most important yes, part. Yes, we do get Jericho winning the match, just as an addendum, setting yes. up the eventual main event for All Out. He grabs the microphone, and he basically is all like, where's my fucking thank you? Yes. Bunch of marks. You know what your thank you is? This John Moxley. From John Moxley. John Moxley. <laughs> that's what his fucking thank you is. I, okay, you guys... Chris, where were you when you watched this? I was in my bedroom just watching the show. Okay, so you didn't have the risk of getting kicked out of somewhere. No. I was in my hotel room with my friends, and at this point, so, um, my friend You had awoken from your nap, yes. Yeah, fuck off. (laughs) Uh, my My friend Ariel had been gone out at con all day, and, um, she just came back, and- we were like pissed at her because she had just missed everything. And she walked in and literally a minute later, Moxley happens. And I was like, okay, girl, I can't be mad at you anymore because you m- didn't miss the most important part of this entire fucking like thing. But I was screaming like at the top of my lungs and jumping up and down on the bed. And I didn't even know, like I lost all like my bodily functions just went like, I don't Whoa. know what happened. I lost control of my limbs. Everything was like done. Was it and like John, when you... Germany won the, won the cup? Oh, oh, absolutely. All right. Do you still have footage of that somewhere? Uh, I surely do somewhere or it, it was, was emailed absolutely to you. Just like that. All right. Probably with more screaming. Fair enough. It was, and I, I, we were scared that somebody was going to come kick us out of the hotel because there was a strict no partying policy at our hotel. Mm-hmm. And it was, an, it, it was at a weird time in the day. So I think that's why we were fine. But still, I was, I lost it. Oh, yeah. This was good mm-hmm. stuff. Mox comes out of the crowd. I oh, my immediately God. I'm started. I'm not over it. So I started recording as soon as I saw the ref duck out of the ring for no reason, which I thought mm-hmm. was strange. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start recording. So I have the whole thing on on tape. Um, but I mean, everyone everyone saw it on on the uh, the stream. Uh, it was awesome. What they didn't catch was after Moxley hit. Uh, I, get, I don't know what he's calling it now because it's not the Dirty Deeds. I know that much. Um, he would give it a better name. Yeah, he hit the two two Dirty Deeds on the ref and Jericho. He did this weird like kneeling slide thing yeah, towards that's his jam it was so creepy and it was yeah. great too um and i mean I, I remember screaming oh my god my boy is back yeah he's back and he it's like it's like he picked up exactly where he left off oh, and yeah. it's the most it was the most amazing thing to see and i was just like on cloud fucking 10 yeah oh uh, what chris what did you think of of moxley's debut and obviously i mean we're gonna get a omega moxley match down the I road thought, i 
actually uh, was actually halfway surprised that he showed up. I wasn't. I legitimately wasn't expecting him to pop up at this point, but I'm glad that he did in the extent that, uh, yeah, he dropped Jericho, which is just natural to do at that point. He yes. dropped the referee because, well, the referee was in his way. And then him going after Omega and that turning into a fight, it's brilliant because it keeps Omega away from the title picture for a couple of months, mm-hmm. and it still gives him a really big program against the guy that left the machine, which is everything that Kenny Omega, the character, hates. Yes. So, like, it immediately starts, like, a huge amount of beef between two big personalities that is going to translate really well into upcoming events. And you Uh, both know that it's going to work really well between the two of them because they both really feed off of that creative... Yeah, exactly. And so you're going to get a killer match out of the two of them because they're both so fucking creative... It's going to be some really good stuff between oh, them. I yeah. can't wait to see once. I figure they're probably saving that for All Out, but I wouldn't be surprised if it spews in the TV I, even after that. Yeah. I, for me, I don't know what my mindset was going into that. Whether or not I was like, oh, I think I think in my head I was just like, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if Mox showed up? I mean, they are in Vegas, but part of me, I was just like, I was already at that cont- that content level to where I was like, okay, if he doesn't, then that's fine. But if he does, that'd be fucking great. Mm-hmm. And then he did. I didn't even I for literally like two days afterwards, I kept was I kept going like, oh, my God, Jaron, John Moxley is in AEW. Yeah. Holy shit. And then Jaron was like, man, John Moxley is in fucking New Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and let's. We'll, we'll get into that momentarily. Yeah. I do want to touch really quick altogether since that wraps up double or nothing after um, Kenny Omega got dropped hard by oh, Moxley yeah. and the closing shot. That was brutal. Such. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. But overall, the show, um, I didn't come in with the highest of expectations just to not disappoint myself coming out of this. The show altogether, a very well done for a first show. I definitely think they need to keep building the momentum off of this with yeah. more good matches. Hopefully, a lesser, a less steep price tag on the pay per view side of the fence. If that's the format that they're going to keep on doing, I think the cons have enough money to where they can hopefully figure out some sort of streaming deal, even if it means getting like TNT involved come the fall. But I do think, yeah that would be helpful to them towards not making everybody feel like 50 bucks is too much to sort of shell out for some of these big show yeah. events, especially when fight TV in Europe was doing it for like 20 bucks for this Ooh, show. Really? Yeah, no, it's yeah, definitely a huge uh, difference just because I think Ble- bleacher report live had the rights to it in North yeah. America. And that's why the tag ended up being as, Steve was, I mean, to me, I paid for it. I thought it was worth the amount that I paid for, but at the same time, I wouldn't see myself paying this exact same price every single time. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's really steep. Because they've yeah. got the three shows coming out, and that's 150 right there. If that's they're, insane. If they're going to do that. Um, yeah, I figured with Fighter Fest, uh, they're going to work out something probably with CEO and their Twitch oh, channel yes. because it's the basically it is like one of the biggest gaming conventions all year so they're probably going to work something in that regard with ceo just to probably bring the down the price or it may just be like a twitch prime sort of thing that you'd have to do for it yeah Wh- whatever it is i don't think it'll be under that range but overall 
very good first a good first impression, which is what they needed to get their foot out in the open. And from there is just building momentum towards that TV show I, in the fall. I think that like after watching this, I was like, dude, I was like, Vince better be fucking scared. So okay. Let me uh I'm hopping in on that. Uh, Vince McMahon is not going to be scared until maybe a month into AEW's uh, into the TNT show on Tuesday. My yes. hope, I should I should have rephrased that too. Is my hope is that he gets scared soon. Um, I yeah, man, me too. Especially and after after the talk is Jericho he, yeah. episode with Mox. That is some. That was. Oh my god! Yeah, that was um that was that was shoot millennium. That was that. the biggest shoot I've ever heard in my fucking life. Like, less than, what, five minutes in? He's like, okay, let's go ahead and bury this company for the I, next two hours. I laughed Which I so thought, it, it set the tone brilliantly yes. for everything else that came after. And the way that I see it, too, uh, just because I feel we could probably spend an entire podcast just breaking down this entire Talk is Jericho episode. Yeah, we don't want to do that. This is not yeah, a podcast about reviewing podcasts. But exactly. I will say is anything that we say, it's like that podcast is quoting from that podcast makes it seems like we're paraphrasing what he said. We're not paraphrasing what he said. That's actually he, what he said. Yeah. No, just definitely go out of your way to listen to it just because it's a very candid look on what the last few months of his WWE run were like. Uh, kind of an insight on, wow, he pretty much agreed with all of us and how wacky yes. and dumb a lot of the shit. Everything that, that we was. everything that we thought was right. Yeah. Pretty much. Which is amazing. And, yeah, and everything that he was saying about like especially the thing that really got me was when he, he said to Vince, he was like, Look, if you're gonna have me do this dumb hokey shit, I am the guy to do it. I will take it and yeah. I will make it work as best as I can. And I feel like I legitimately had said this multiple times every time he did something stupid on TV. I was like, if anybody's going to make it work, it would be him. Absolutely. They would give stupid shit to him because he will take it and work it to the best of his ability, even though you can tell that he's fucking hating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, it was, it's, I, I, I think that my the most brilliant thing I took out of it, other than the fact that he said, we all know Vince is not going to retire. He's going to fucking die in the chair. Mm-hmm. His words was when he said the writer's mistake. This was my favorite thing. And I told my mom and she was like, that's brilliant. I'm using that is when he said this writer's this writer made a made a very rookie mistake of you got to watch for your nouns. Vince will take a noun and turn it into a prop. And I've never heard something more true in my yeah. entire life. That, He's that like, was you got to be careful with the nouns you use in a script because they'll take a noun and turn it into a prop. Yeah, that was a brilliant bit. The other, like, hilarious bit to me personally that was the whole just kind of hilarious. No, it was, but something that came out of left corner for me was finding out that Sick McMondo was a filmmaker yes. nowadays. Holy moly. That was crazy. But I mean, guys, we, yes, we could talk about this. No, that was sick. Forever. John, that was. The program. <laughs> just. John, what was your favorite part? The if you're if you if you're an elf and you want to be a dentist, absolutely, I popped real hard for that. Fantastic, being Hermie Moxley. Go be go be a dentist. That was amazing. Such a just such a great positive quote to end Mm -hmm. on. For he's he's such a smart guy. I think I'm like my other thing was that when Jericho was like, "Hi, Renee," I hated that. I didn't like that he did that. Really? Yes, because. Am oh boy, sorry. Moxley had just said, you know, I 
I, you know, she still works there. I'll, you know, and then it's just puts, and it's, you know, it's just a throwaway line like, oh, hi, Renee. But it's like you could have edited that out because now she has to go into work on Monday and you know someone's going to be like, oh, you were there while that was happening. It's just going mean, to put heat on the, I mean, they were in his house, so that was kind of another yes. word. But I get what you're saying in terms of just like, yeah, this is super awkward. Because she could have been like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't there for it, so I have no idea. Now it's just like he shouted her out. It's just I don't want any problems for Renee Young. I hate that. Who is who is yeah. an angel. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And She's the fucking best. Yeah. And it, the way he spoke about her on the podcast was, was just, so cute. It was great. Yeah. All right, let's get through these new I- news items, which are all just about John fucking Moxley. Um, and also, also, um, I'm missing Drag Race. I'll have you know, but this is more important. I've already been; it's already been spoiled for me. I'm not going to say spoiled for me too, but that doesn't mean I don't want to watch it. I want to watch it too as well, but I'm very happy with the results, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of am. I'm fifty fifty. All right, so um, late Monday morning, uh, local time in Japan, we found out who the, had been sending these mysterious videos, and it turns out that uh, John Moxley's first match out of WWE is going to be against Juice Robinson for the IWGP United States Championship. I cannot wait for one big reason and one big reason alone. Outside of Obviously, Fighter Fest, which is still going to be late June, I believe. I don't think he's been announced for Fight for the Fallen as of yet. At least I haven't heard anything on it. All right. But. I know where you're going. Moxley to G1, baby. Uh, it, Make it fucking happen. If that happens, I will. Oh, my God. No, no, I don't here's even know. the thing. You want to sell out the rest of those Dallas seats for night one of G1? Mox, Mox, Mox is gonna help, dude. Holy mo- like, and that just opens a whole Pandora's box. Oh, it of does. Possibilities. Oh, it absolutely does. Like I've mentioned on Twitter, that moment when you realized he's only one face-to-face confrontation away from squaring up against Minoru fucking Suzuki. <laughs> that honestly, if if they made that happen, I would build an entire block around matches for him. I yeah. would do that. If I was New Japan, I'd be like, all right, who who do I want in this block with him? Because I because I don't know if I'm going to get him in the promotion again. But mm-hmm. it did sound like they had him for multiple dates. Um, at least that's what uh, the president said. Yeah, because, yeah, they're definitely doing... He's showing up for Best of Super Juniors final. That's going to be the biggest thing because that's the June 5th event. So that means... Uh, Wait, excuse me, no, that would be... I'm trying to get my own timeline here done. I am so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's you are far more prepared than I am who has their feet <laughs> propped up on my brother's drum set and I'm drinking ginger ale. Oh. So, <laughs> Well then. But it's one of those things where, yeah, definitely having him for the multiple dates, it does... Yeah, June 5th, it would be the best of Super Juniors finals. Dominion is four days later in Osaka, so he could probably Do you know what also there. is June 5th? What? Draco Malfoy's birthday. All right. Well, nice. Awesome. <laughs> I've, I've said my piece. We're good. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm super excited for that. And then obviously we mentioned Fighter Fest. And who did they give him at that event other than Joey fucking Janela? Which is insane. So, I mean, I didn't have the entire list of 
because as soon as he was announced for New Japan, it was like, oh, by the way, here's all the other matches that he's going to be wrestling on the indies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, Janela was one of them. Pentagon was another. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm just getting so excited for Mox. This is amazing. You're so happy for him because you know that this is all things that he's been wanting to do all along. Yeah. Yeah. And I think his I think his chemistry with Janela is going to be incredible. They're both CZW guys. Yes. So it's like, oh my god, it's going to be nuts. I'm so happy for him. I, I I think my biggest like note just going back to watching him like kind of have a bout with Kenny Omega was seeing his wrestling style change so dramatically yeah yeah mm-hmm. in comparison to what you would see in the wwe which is what i had constantly said before he's wrestling like he's holding back and out yes. there he was not and i was like it was like a completely different style and it was so refreshing and i'm just so stoked to see what other things he has to offer because he's still young yeah mm-hmm I mean, that's insane. I'm just, I'm so excited about it. And like the chances of, yo, what if this is just me hoping to see John Moxley in a closer space? Could we get John Moxley at PWG? I think Battle of Los Angeles would be our best shot. Woo! Let's do it. Let's do it. Holy fucking shit. I will, if I cannot get tickets to that shit, kill someone for him. Oh my I God. will, no, I will skin someone and wear their skin. Holy shit. That has the tickets. I will fucking murder someone and inhabit their body. Man. This is getting dark and I don't care. That's, <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah, um, it, it means that I'm saying like this now. Work. That does seem like a lot of work. And I mean, you could just. But you were underestimating me. <laughs> You're underestimating my passion. Not really. How dare you? <laughs> we're just saying you could be more practical about yeah. this. No, I can't. Do you not know me at all, Chris? <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> let's move on here. Um, I I mean I don't know how much time we want to spend on two hundred five live and NXT because uh, where are how we about right two now? minutes and five seconds? We're about an hour fifteen into the podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. well, there's some there's some things to go through, so let's just get to them. Two hundred five live. All right, two hundred five live. Uh, we open, and I have an interesting theory that I will get to. We don't open the show with Uncle Drake Maverick. Um, which is uh, interesting, and we will get to that. We do open the show with uh, Umberto and his uh, his gentlemanly dad, Dad Gallagher, and he wants to fist fight his son. That's pretty this, much all uh, I gathered from that. Th- this is literally the first time I've ever heard Umberto talk, and his English is so weirdly comforting and adorable. It's almost condescending. Did Aiden English just join the podcast? Because, Me? Yes. Are you? Yeah. Aiden? Fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I. Th- this has nothing to do with his dimples. Um, no, you just put him over real hard, and that's. I that's did, because what... I didn't. I didn't expect him to sound like that. No, that's fine. I didn't expect his English to be that good. Well, and then lo and behold, he kind of just surprised a ton of people. And, with and that. he just yeah. was like, it, it was he was so soft spoken and very Antonio Banderas. And, <laughs> and not to mention the very ending of that exchange after he walked away from it, Gallagher was looking around the cameras and just like, did I just get sassed by my fourteen year old son? <laughs> yeah, and what I also noticed is Umberto was married. My God, is he married he has to a Aiden English? Ring. Is he married to Aiden English? Oh my god. <laughs> what? God. 
Is that what uh, is is doing the whole time? Yeah. Can we just talk about how that is like the weirdest thing about 205 Live is just Aiden Aiden English's man crushes? He just is like... It's nonstop. He well, becomes he is, well. He is a thespian. He kind of just crushes hard on everybody. That's to be expected. <laughs> As a thespian, I can confirm that is My what we're God. good at. My God. Um. All right. So we're not really going to talk about this. The Brian Kendrick Mike Canellis match. I do have a comment about this. The moment I saw Canellis, both the Canellises enter the Canelli. Canelli. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can just tell looking at their faces that they're just bed bath and beyond done with this shit. <laughs> yes, they absolutely are. I mean, Maria tweeted out only three more weeks till our contracts are up, um, and you know nobody. Really Where do cares. they think they're gonna go? They don't have any charisma. He's physically incapable of being interesting. <laughs> it's called Ring of Honor, Marianne. Yeah, back to Ring of Honor fuck wherever the fuck ring of honor is going god damn <laughs> nowhere honestly um, yeah this match was i mean I-, I watched it um there was a crazy spot with the suplex off the ring steps onto the floor uh i mean i thought the match was over i was like oh this is the end he's gonna tap and then it went <laughs> no. on for four more minutes no, and i was like thanks for the heads up i'll skip it <laughs> yeah i was just like oh boy i was like and that's not even a knock on Kendrick. I just think at this point, it's like this should have gone five minutes lesser than what we got. It shouldn't have happened at all. I mean, well, fair enough to both points, but I think the good thing about two Oh five live is the guys do get the time. They always seem to get the time, whether we enjoy it or not. They always seem to get the, uh, about 10 minutes or so. The main event, usually more, Mm -hmm. um, Uncle Drake with uh, our 205 Live Cruiserweight Champion, Tony Neasley. I do have something nice to say about Tony Nese. Um And Tozawa. And, um, <laughs> John just railroaded right over it. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Um, uh, Tony Nese wants to fight Tozawa. And Drake says, I don't know. I got a lot on my mind. I'll figure it out later. More on that later. Marianne, your nice thing to say about Tony Nese. I kind of like this active defender attitude that he's bringing out. All right. Like there, I said it. Um, He'd always, I always figured that he'd be the cowering weak type that needs like a Paul Heyman type personality to make all his decisions for him. True. Right. But, I but do he think, was, he's like very proactive. Weirdly enough, I think it also fits with the whole personality of the whole. It's kind of the first time I've seen him actually. I, I love like how we're describing Tony Nese as having a personality. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but but again, the whole concept of a premier athlete is that you kind of need to prove yourself against other athletes, and this is the first time in Tony Nese's life that I've seen him doing that. So I'm and like, he was doing it respectfully. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you start? It's like you've been hanging out with Ryder and Hawkins too often at this point. The personalities <laughs> are starting to rub off him too much, buddy. Yeah, no, because if they started to rub off on him, he would start losing more, and he would never be a champion. My God. The Raw Tag Team Champions, who I don't think have been on Raw in weeks. My God. Wait, are they? 
I yeah, they're still the champions. I don't watch the product, man. I don't either. I just follow it on Twitter. And I don't oh, watch no. it. I don't like ever since like I that's what I was going to say at the beginning is listening to that Talk of Jericho episode. I'm kind of annoyed with myself that I listened to that first and then watched all of this after because it really kind of puts a sour taste in your mouth for anything WWE mm-hmm. branded. That's fair. All all I see at this point are the gifts and then I take stuff like Brock's dumbass dance and turn it into Dragon Gate memes. Yeah. <laughs> because that's Natural all you have vibe. to do. You and freaking Dan. Amazing. That was good stuff. <laughs> I mean, Dan asked for it. I'm like, I got you. <laughs> yeah, good. And then, I'm like, and then I'm like, I'm just going to one-up this with Shima's steam in its entirety. At least two people will mark out for it. And they did, so it worked. <laughs> good Why stuff. are you not more popular on the Twitter, Chris? We'll get to that later. We'll eventually Um... New Nasty Davari's mad about something. I wasn't really paying attention. Also, but he did look like our friend Bezon. He did, and way to put his lower thirds about halfway through his promo. That was what a production mistake. What are we Let, doing? I didn't Let, even notice what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. His, yeah. his, I'm sorry, his lower thirds. They didn't put his name up on the screen. They did not know until like uh, ha- halfway through his promo. Oh well, I didn't even notice because I was too distracted by the fact that he looks like somebody we know. There you uh-huh. go. Here, here's here's what I'm gonna say in regards to that. I do like the fact that they are building a little thing between him and our personal best boy of the show, from what I can gather, uh, Biff. Yes, he's like AKA Oni Lorcan, AKA Star Destroyer, AKA will fuck your shit up. <laughs> and he did the yes, fire team. <laughs> uh, and, and again, and he. Uh, and eventually Biff Oni do, does follow it up with another promo later on in the show, yes. touching on that, which is fantastic. But I do want to get to this next match because I but know the jobber in question. Right over John's joke. Sorry, John. Go ahead. Oh, he wants to fight Oni, and I said, good luck, and don't fuck it up. <laughs> Because it's a RuPaul's Drag Race reference. Absolutely. Which the final episode is tonight. And I will say, John has the spoilers. Yes. I have the spoilers. And I will say, Chris, mm-hmm. you're in Denver, are you not? Yes. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. The new reigning RuPaul's Drag Race queen is from Denver. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's one. Of, she's the only queen from Denver. Yeah, I think, that's it ever sounds been on the like show it. Ever. That's super cool. Glad to hear yeah. it. All right, I'm, so I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure they'll get. Uh, I'm congratulations! Sure, no, I'm sure it'll get celebrated on tracks like no fucking other. And tracks is our big uh, <laughs> gay club. Oh, here, nice, which is fantastic. So, um, okay, so this next match, I do want to talk about it briefly because I know who the jobber is in question, and his identity might. It's probably going to make. You laugh, Marianne. I already told John to an extent yes. on it before the show. So Nolan Dar comes out to face a gentleman by the name of Mike Karma. With now, a K, yeah. Yes. You might think the name is funny, but his identity, in fact, his name is Mike Seidel, as in Matt Seidel's Matt younger brother. brother. <laughs> yep. That explains the tattoos. Yep. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about Mike Seidel because we do see him out here in Denver for our independent scene a good amount. Um, his whole gimmick is that he is the yoga monster, a.k.a. he is basically a glorified yoga instructor. Has a little mat that he carries with him to the ring. His finisher is a moonsault in which he takes said mat, does a moonsault off the top rope while unveiling the yoga mat and landing on the opponent with the mat basically spread wide open, which is like this entire little picturesque of him in 
saying yeah, no one wants to shit like that. on his ass, but I can't. Pretty much, pretty much, but yeah. <laughs> Big tattoo, fuck off. Wow. <laughs> but now, now that I've explained that, let's talk about Noam Dar because reasons. John, hit the button. You just made the list! Oh man, thank, thank you, you, Chris, for just being ahead of the game. <laughs> My god. BB Noam. He's back. Shit. His accent is like the finest KY lube known to man. My God! It's like now, now he looks like a Fulham product being transferred over to a good team. Like I don't know who's winning the Premier Cup or who won it this year. Anyway, I haven't kept up. Wh- whoever that I team was, either. Yeah, whoever that team was, that's who he got transferred to, and that he basically had like the time of his life doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's not real tan. Like, he makes got, quick got, ten, got himself some babes, scored a bunch of goals, he's got a few assists here and there. He's so funny. He's my next cosplay, by the way. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, I already have the jacket and everything, but he's my next cosplay. I gotta get real fucking spray tan. I'm gonna get so tan it's not even gonna look good. <laughs> uh this Noah Noah makes quick work of my karma and then he cuts an interview at the end. And Marianne, I would just like for you to say Noam's closing lines. Thank you. Bye, Oklahoma sucks. <laughs> he's Thank not wrong. you. Bye, Oklahoma sucks. As he's walking away, it was, that was amazing. Fucking amazing. And the delivery was no, so not. good. Yes. Ugh. So up next, we had a uh, a backstage interview with uh, Drake Maverick, who is um, man. Kayla is just uh, she forgot Shit what where she bed. was. She had no idea what was happening at all. It's um, like she forgot what happened to the other interview girl who got fired for fucking up. <laughs> Maybe that's what she was thinking about, and, that, and that's why she fucked up. Dude, um, she shit the bed. So Drake Maverick, cutting an, uh, he's being interviewed, and he sees our truth and he says, I gotta go, and leaves. So here's my theory, and I put this on Twitter the other day, and I'm just gonna say it here again. I think Drake Maverick is going to become so obsessed with becoming the 24-7 champion that he is going to be fired as the GM of 205 Live and thus will become a full-time uh, member of the roster. Yeah, that's, what that's I'm, feasible. That's what I'm how, thinking is how, going What to would the gimmick be? He's got his gimmick. His little bow tie. <laughs> his his gimmick is a bow tie. Yeah, Rockstar Spud. He's just, got it. Just do Bud Light Rockstar Spud things. Yeah, it's fine. He'll he'll figure it out. Don't worry about it, Marianne. It's WWE then now and forever. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that does not make me feel any better. <laughs> Oni no. says some things. We were already went over that, and then we had our main event, which was Umberto taking on uh, Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Uh-huh. I need to start off with Aiden's first thing that he says right when Umberto comes out. He goes, mmm, here we go. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I love it, too. Dimple <laughs> Island. The timing of that joke was unparalleled. My goodness. Um, this I'm mat- sorry, I got distracted by Dimple Island. <laughs> <laughs> It's cheese, man. Trouble in Dimple Island. It is. Uh, <laughs> well, there, there we go. I'm marking that down. Trouble. <laughs> but there was yeah, no trouble. Dimple Island doesn't matter, Marianne. It's an island. It's an island that you may be caught on at some point, and you don't want it. There we go. <laughs> oh God, the font is massive. Um, a lot of arm drags going on here. Uh, Some really good arm drags. Yes. Um. 
it's pretty crazy to think that Umberto was just making his name on NXT, and now he's like one of the main dudes on 205 Live. Yeah. They also, the the two of them, um, Jack and Umberto, they work really, really well together. Mm-hmm. Like, Aiden had a really good point that Jack is doing a lot better with Umberto than Drew ever did. Yeah. Sorry, Drew. More All on hail, later. But still. Again, it's just one of those things, too, where a lot of people don't give Jack Gallagher the credit that he they deserves. They definitely don't. He got, he got he kind of... He got pigeonholed into like a funny gimmick. Yeah, and not just that, but I'm like Jack Gallagher can legit shoot on you, so yes. it's like, yeah, yeah. That, and then he and the then he pulls out his uh, his Jackie Poppins umbrella. Mm-hmm. Well, not there in this match. Yeah, yeah, not in this specifically in this match, but I mean, just in general, Jack Gallagher is amazing. Just remember that, folks. It, it's right. still unnerving that he looks like my brother, though. So I'll just put that <laughs> out there. Um, I have a note here that just says what the fuck was that and there was uh gallagher was on the ground umberto did a springboard grabs his arm and then japanese arm drags him up yep that was insane i was frustrated because i couldn't make a pun yeah about being as innovative as that move was because holy shit um that was different yeah this entire this match picked up real good towards the end Mm -hmm. um you had kind of the obvious uh, bits. It paced where you had, really well. Yeah, paced really well. Um, I think one of the biggest things, of course, the key momentum turner was the whole uh, Humberto, like the whole Galher sliding to the outside, Humberto ducking under, but Jack still managing to grab him on the way down, just sending him right into the barricade. Yes. That was oh. cool. Yeah, painful. This was good stuff. Um and like I said, the the main events always get the time on two o five. Umberto ends up getting the best of his uh, his dad Gallagher, and um, we get some hugs at the end. But maybe, uh, maybe um, this I, I is feel not like over. these two, yeah, these two really needed a match like this because people knew they were there. But this match was like, hey, we're fucking here, and we're not going to stop being dope as fuck just in case you forgot. Yeah. Especially in terms of Jack Gallagher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who, like, really put himself back on the map. Like, that match was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to NXT, and holy moly, every time I turn on NXT, I forget about this hilariously bad opening. How much did Slipknot pay him to do that? I don't know. Because there's no way anyone willingly went in on this going this is an excellent idea it was a group project that no one wanted to be part of (laughs) absolutely we're going on a field never gets old 100 percent. goodness gracious so we uh we opened up with me taking on bianca belair um (laughs) how great was beth calling her bianca blair that's the white it was just like ever woof what just happened (laughs) she put an apostrophe in there that wasn't uh wasn't there how how amazing is it? Like, I think it's great that Bianca makes her own gear. Yes. It like, I really dig cool. the polka dots look. I think that's my favorite one she's done so far. Yeah, The biggest cool. thing is that you also know that it's completely, like, her shtick, her gear, that she knows kind of her own yeah. bits, and it's not like somebody else. Yeah, imagine trying to tell her what to wear. Exactly. Yeah. Which is Absolutely. fantastic. And again, big fan of how they kind of set this up a couple of weeks back using the performance center stuff. Like performance center scrums tend to be fun if they're filmed the right way. Yes. On the NXT side of the fence. So more of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think these two work well together. Um, Belair is just improving every time I see her. And we all know Mia Yim's just 
fucking great. Good. Um, I did love um, the protect your neck, which oh. is, I guess, a code breaker to the neck, which I think is her new finish, and I am all for it. Because Eat Defeat's a terrible name. Yeah, Wu-Tang? Yes, also, yeah, Wu-Tang. But also, Eat Defeat is not a finisher. I'm sorry. No. It isn't. It's just a signature move. It's a signature move for a wrestler named Chuck Taylor called Soul Food. There you go. Um, uh, Bianca's glittery lipstick game was fucking fire. (laughs) It didn't smudge at all, and it stayed. Like, what are you using, girl? Is that some Jeffree Star shit with, like, like loose glitter on top i don't know it was great i don't but know that either. entire move set following that squatting suplex yeah that whole thing it was so good oh yeah love it oh my god i i am terrified of what they do to bianca if she ever goes up like you... i am sincerely terrified yeah. of shit yeah to it at this point they're gonna try and make her ghetto like, it's gonna be terrible it's gonna be I, ha- I hate it already yeah, you fear for them already because you know that it's either they, like it's like oh, do they know what they're getting themselves into if they move up? Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Um, Mia Yim gets the win, and I'm sure this feud is far from over. Yeah, but... it, it's a it's a big win for Mia as well too. It's yes. probably her biggest signature win within the NXT roster portion, and it sets up some stuff where I think down the line Mia can be considered eventually for a takeover match. Once we kind of get through the whole EO Shayna thing, which I hope to God it's over at, by Saturday, man. But hopefully uh, just, just, I, I like, I like Shayna, but just it's time. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait for Mia to take it so far as to like cut Bianca's hair. Holy God, hell. Just they, wow. Could you, if that's like such a 70s, 80s. It fucking... would be like the biggest dick heel move. No, but when I say cut her hair, I mean just detach where the extensions are obviously woven into the braid, which My is God. really obvious. Mm-hmm. My God. I'm shocked that it holds together during matches, to be fair. Fair enough. I, th- I, th- oh. I think it, gets, it just the, detaches like a salamander tail. Again, I definitely think it's a credit to Bianca just in terms of her whole presentation and her knowing herself so well to where she knows kind of the specifics on how to make this stuff work to where it's not going to come off yeah. during matches because mm-hmm. she's probably had to work through it so many times. And a tight got a routine figured out. Yeah, a tight high ponytail like that is fucking painful. Oh, I'm I'm willing to bet absolutely. <laughs> so, bad like i can't even just it hurts so bad yeah people get headaches from it like there's times where like ariana grande has actually had to take her hair down because you get headaches from how tightly your hair is yeah that said i do want to transition from fabulous hair to just the most fabulous high package i fucking have ever seen in an nxt show yeah tyler breeze velveteen dream chris thank you god it's almost like i've been podcasting for like a Two years, or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Yeah, we obviously haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have done it longer than I have. Yes. Yeah. That, come on, Marianne. We we've, we've been in the game for a while. My my joke is I'm awful. Okay. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thoroughly loved this uh this Tyler Breeze Velveteen Dream uh vignette here. It was a lot of fun. Um, the Dream just you know doing his thing, and I'm excited for full-time nxt tyler breeze and i mean more on that when we get to our questions but yeah i'm excited I, about this i'm excited for who's gonna outdress who 
Yes. Oh God, yes. That's gonna be yes. that's totally my alley of judgment. I'm really excited. I just think that the standing ovation burn was savage. <laughs> All of Dream's burns were fucking savage, oh, but yeah. I think but the, the great value version of Dream, the Walmart version of Velveteen Dream. Oh. Holy shit. Not yeah. only is Tyler Breeze white, but he's also white. So that's why it's even funnier. And the worst bits too is that it hits on that obvious truth at this point because we know how Tyler Breeze's main roster career is gone. Not yeah, his I mean, fault by where, any means, but it's just... Lying? Yeah, exactly. It's like, where is the lie? Where is the lie? fucking over in fashion police though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. But Absolutely. overall, yeah. <laughs> he's not wrong. No, nope. he is not. So, um, up next, you know, and it's funny that I don't really have a lot of notes on Kushida Dragulak. I thought it my was my son. My son Kushida is <laughs> upon us. I love him. I'm so happy. I hope he gets taken care of. Super Wall never goes up to the main roster. Get fucked <laughs> I hope so too. Um, this match was. Um, I really liked it. I kind of wish that this had been Kushida's debut match. Nothing. Uh, nothing, nothing against Odo, but I think that would have yeah. been a good second match for him rather than a first one. Yeah, I think if you switch the order up, it would have worked a little bit better. Yeah, and you just put more of Kushida's high spots in this one, mm-hmm. um, and I think you have a great debut. Um, this was, I mean, I really like this match. I just don't have any notes about it. Both these guys are great. Um, the twisty graps was really yes. like yeah, man. the arm work, the limb work was amazing. It was so smooth. It was so, dare I say it, gulak. Yes. Yeah. I, I uh, want to say this. I do love the fact that Kushida did not tap Drew out on the yes. basis that Drew is so good at the submission game that Kushida had to basically go to a fucking ghetto clutch yes. to get him. Which um, I was like, huh, all right. But then, yeah, I, I do get it. You don't want drew tapping out i guess um that would be ridiculous yeah drew's been kept surprisingly strong in his few nxt appearances like i have been legitimately a fan i loved his match with riddle a little while so good back in the little catch point salute handshake at the end yes nothing short of brilliance yeah good stuff good stuff um main event never really happened so we're not going to talk about it it's just a big brawl to set up for takeover um this coming saturday we're not going to preview that either mainly because it's happening in like a day yeah. after this gets posted yes, guys the happening. card is out there the card's out there go it, look it, at it, it, it it's going to be your typical ta- takeover it's going to have some good matches some crazy moments somebody will be in the front row as the next big star yes who it is we have no idea yet for this one but it's going to happen it's going to yeah. happen so next week um we have we have Chris joining us this week, but next week uh, we're going to have another special guest, a uh, friend of the show. Ray is going to join us, and I said, "Ray, I need you to pick a classic match," and he said, "I've got one for you." So next week we are going to watch the Steiner Brothers versus Sting and Lex Luger from Super Brawl One. Um, oh God! When Scott actually had hair back, then. yes, Jesus, and Sting was a happy boy. <laughs> Sting was a happy boy. Sting was a happy surfer boy from California. All right. Let's uh, get to these questions here. And if my recorder doesn't run out of battery, I'm going to be shocked. And I might have just cursed it, but whatever. Uh, Calvin asks, what other titles besides tag team and women's titles would you like to see in AEW? I will lay that out to the floor. Trios. Trios Trios is an easy one. 
Trios is an easy one. I would probably go with, since we're going to have a TV deal coming up here, just give me a television title, please. Yeah. Yeah. Please. That's the only ones I can think of until they get like a more stacked like roster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Holland asks, what other t-shirts are you looking to buy from AEW? Um, well, I have an AEW shirt. I have a hat coming in the mail along with not any AEW-related merchandise, but a Jonathan Gresham shirt. Um, and I have the Moxley shirt, which was on sale the next day at StarCast. Nice. So I don't know what other shirt I'm looking to buy. I think I'm good for right now. <laughs> I already have a Moxley shirt that nobody else owns. All right. There you go. So I'm going to stick with that. If anything, I'll just buy best friend stuff forever and ever and ever. There you go. An AEW best friend shirt. Mm -hmm. Um, J. Tyler Brown asks, how do you feel about Tyler Breeze being associated with NXT? Do you see it as a demotion um, or do you or as a way to show what he's really capable of? Um, I think it's basically it's the Tyson Kidd situation from a couple of years ago. He's getting the main roster pay still, and he's doing all the graphs and character work that he wants to do. Yeah. So it's I think it's a win-win all around, especially because I would not see him heading back to NXT unless he's getting his main roster pay from it. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Um. So. <sighs> I sigh because he says, I think Marianne should guide us through a scene by scene reaction to the best friends entrance video. But uh, Marianne, we will do that next week. How about that? Because no, I will. I already did it. Oh, okay. Basically, when we first talked about it, just this the aliens we, and the we, dogs. We, we did touch base on oh, that. So. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I already answered that one as best as I could. There so we we're go. Good. Up next uh, from Jay Tyler Brown again. Do you feel like uh, Moxley will be able to help elevate... Uh, the New Japan match between him and Juice Robinson to really help New Japan get over in the States. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the fact that him and Juice have history, have a little bit of history and that Juice has already touched on it quite a few times between the way that he's been reacting during his time in commentary with the English booth during the Best of Super Juniors tournament. Uh, his podcast that he did with Chris Charlton under New Japan's official podcast that they've been starting to do. Um, nice little half an hour kind of backstory into that that will lead into the match in and of itself. Now, I think it's a fantastic move to have him and Juice going up against each other, especially now that it's not CJ Parker, it's Juice Robinson. Yes. It's like a completely different animal. It's the best is, version of him. Yeah, exactly. Um, he also says uh, what other matches, and we kind of went over that in hopes of a uh, of a G one. So I mean, he he is going to wrestle some other dates. Oh, in by New the way, Japan. Quick, quick bit as well from the New Japan site: yes. Cobb and Ishii got added to that G one climax in Dallas. I saw that. Jeff Cobb, big boy, oh, G one, boy, amazing. Hoss just fight. looking at seeing saying Switchblade versus Moxley, I just want. Oh, I dear really, God! I really want a Switchblade conspiracy reunion. Knife pervert. I would knife cry. Pervert. Oh, no, well, knife pervert versus. Well, it would have to be knife pervert and somebody else versus Callahan and Moxley. A switchblade conspiracy. Uh, I'm not willing to stain Moxley with Callahan personally, but I. But they were it. a tag team. They were definitely. That's and I called switchblade conspiracy. That's why I want them again together just once, so I can cry about it. Ghetto can take the fall on that one. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Holland, there's speculation that some other unnamed WWE star that you wouldn't expect to hear uh, offers for from other promotions. Uh, what? I This is a weirdly ra- uh, worded question, or I'm just reading it uh, weirdly. Um, which random one would you assume has been talking outside of WWE? I think he's asking, like, what's a name that would shock you that is getting offers from uh, other promotions. What was it? What would be a name that would shock you? I don't think, mm-hmm. honestly, at this point, I don't think any name would shock me. Yeah. Because if everything and I... No, I, no I'd say one. Randy Borton. Randy Borton. That would be shocking. But also, I feel like we heard about that as well. That was a... a it was either a joking rumor or I have no idea what it was. Um, Look, Randy Orton at this point just does not give a single fuck. We've established that a long yes. time ago. It's funny now. <laughs> it actually is like a parody of itself at this point. Which I'm still, Holland, I'm trying to make heads or tails of your question, but I'm, I, I, I don't think I divided or carried the one somewhere. So <laughs> um, I think that's, I think that's it, guys. I think we made it. We made it through. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Just imagine what's going to happen when Best of Super Juniors and Dominion are done. Oh, oh man. So much. Spoilers, everyone. Um, but where can the good people find you? Uh, for me in particular, you can go into either Twitter or Instagram land. I am at Brazilian Fury. That is Brazilian with an S instead of a Z. You can find my particular podcast that I am on, which is called Strong Style Story. We're on Twitter at Strong Style Story without the E in style because Twitter character limits are a bitch. Uh, You can find our main Tumblr blog in which we keep basically uh, updates on the show results, any rumors, upcoming cards, and things of the sort over on strongstylestory.tumblr.com. And you can find our podcast over on the Pro Wrestling Only feed, prowrestlingonly.com, pretty much any major podcasting environment you can pretty much find us through that feed awesome and you can uh like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at tornado tag radio you can follow me on twitter at sailor moon salt and you can follow john on his newly exciting (laughs) car chase twitter at jp thrice you can subscribe to us on itunes stitcher spotify Still SoundCloud, just search for Tornado Tag Radio or The NOTLG, and you can check out some of our other podcasts. Rate and review us as well. Let us know how we're doing, and I will promptly ignore all of your feedback. Wow, that's not... That's Give them not five good. stars at least, guys. They're great. Thank and you. And they're my friends, and I love them. Oh, well, we love you, too. <laughs> Please give us five Even stars. Wow. Mary Ann, just we, healing we, it we up. Have, we have cross-continental football beef. It's fine. Oh, right, right, right. I forgot about that. Uh, head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy a Tornado Tag Radio shirt. I'm wearing mine right now, and it's quite comfortable. So you should also buy one, I guess. Or not. Whatever. It's your life. Do what you want to do. Who are you, Trent? That's what his pro wrestling t store says. <laughs> Is it really? I don't even... He says... You can buy a shirt or don't. I don't even like some of them. Wow. All right. Uh, you can support TTR. <laughs> thanks, Greg. And all, yes, thanks, Greg. You can support TTR and all the other podcasts on the Night of the Living Geeks Network, which I believe Chris does. So thank you. Yep. Um, become a Patreon. Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Um, yeah. 
if you can support us monetarily, uh, do so. We would we would very much appreciate that. So, whew, that's it, guys. We made it. We made it through episode and exactly ten oh one through two oh two oh two. Marianne, well, Chris, thanks once again for joining us. You and I will um, we'll probably be doing a Best of the Super Juniors Dominion thing here, maybe. Yeah, we'll be picking this up eventually. At some point or another, Jeff and I are supposed to be getting together and doing strong style history based on famous excursions that New Japan Talent has taken in the past. So Ooh. feel free to hit us up on the Twitter side of the fence if you have anyone in particular that you want us to talk about. We've been taking suggestions in that oh, regard great. since we have a few names, but can always use a few more because we'll try to highlight as much as we can there so. we go yeah go check that out guys so um marianne there's only one thing left to do so if you will oklahoma sucks okay bye <laughs> ring the bell <laughs> this has been a night of the living geeks production for more information and content visit notlg.com